Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned PhD. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. Well, hey, hey, welcome everybody. This is Dr. Jason Carthen, the leadership linebacker, and I'm excited to be with you today. We're going to be talking about something that's very relevant to, I would say, all of us. I can't even say many of us. I would say all of us. We're going to be talking about how to retool and add value after career transition. You know, our reality is that, you know, there is a tendency to engage tunnel vision as we venture down our different career paths. And whether you're an entrepreneur, business owner, or in the for-profit or nonprofit sector, there can be a temptation to develop a laser focus and believe that you're going to be in the same position for a long time. Well, that belief can be somewhat risky because in today's society, and especially in the business arena, there exists quite a bit of volatility and uncertainty based upon the market environment and the changing landscape of business. So even if we've checked all the boxes that would suggest we're on a fast track to fulfillment and long-term careers, there's always a risk that change is inevitable or downsizing could be right around the corner. And on today's show, we have a very special guest, Mr. Victor Bell, who is joining us to share his unique perspective on the importance of retooling and adding value after career transition. You know, before we actually have Victor come online with us, you know, I wanna remind you that we care about your personal development. We care about your professional development. And for that reason, if you go to jasoncarthen.com, we have some free resources there for you. We also have quite a few things that you can engage to really continue to grow and develop every day whether it's a new publication, whether it's blog posts, whether it's an online course for you, all those things are available there for you. So we'd love for you to go there and navigate around and uh, interact with us in that way. Also, as a reminder, we want to hear from you. Give us a call at 1-888-281-1110. And if you have any questions for us, you can call right in. If you have some questions for me, if you have questions for Victor, you definitely want to give us a call. And then also you can tweet your questions to me live at Jason Carthen on Twitter. We'd love to be able to interact with you in that way. One last thing just want to share with you. We have our, our actual I Speak Life Academy workshop coming up. How to use a t assessment tools for your business success. You know, that's something that we always want to uh, have different arrows in our quiver. And assessment tools allow us to have a better understanding of why people do what they do. And what's the rationale for maybe some behavior? So that's one of the things that we'll be talking about uh, with the I Speak Life Academy workshop that's going to be coming up on July 25th. We definitely would love to have you in attendance for that. Now, without further ado, let me share just a little bit, you know, about Victor. You know, Victor Bell most recently served as a North American sales manager for plastics, paper and distribution for DuPont Titanium Technologies. Victor actually joined DuPont in 1978 at the Garfield Heights, Ohio Distribution Center, where he held various positions that placed him on a sales management track that would span 37 years of leadership and influence. Prior to transitioning from DuPont, Victor held North America sales management roles in the paper industry, 
North America's sales manager for the coatings industry, and most recently he had responsibility for North America sales management for the plastics and paper industries along with distribution. Vic is a native of Akron, Ohio, and holds an MBA degree from Drexel University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Vic has two children, Christopher and Kennedy. He and his wife, Desiree, and daughter, Kennedy, currently reside in Hudson, Ohio. Vic, how are you today? Doing great. Good afternoon. Excellent. Well, hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on the show. We've been excited to have you come on. Well, thanks for having me on, Dr. Kirk. Definitely appreciate that. Absolutely. You know, when you talk about a wealth of knowledge and just the ability to speak to life situations, Vic, after just a few moments of talking to you and talking about the market and just different things that take place, I said, hey, we have to have him come on the show and share some wisdom. So, All right. We'll see about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, it is game time. And, you know, for all of our listeners, we have literally uh, thousands of uh, listeners tuning in on iHeartRadio and and directly, even on Twitter. You know, one of the things that, you know, I want everyone to get a grasp of is Victor is so humble. Uh, Just a level of humility when you engage with him, you wouldn't have any idea of the background and different things that he's been able to do in terms of leadership and influence. So today we're going to unpack a few things and just have a conversation, you know, because, you know, Vic, at the end of the day, when you start talking about career transition, for some people that can be pretty scary. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely a change. It's that's right. It's a change. And I think one of the things that, you know, we definitely want to make sure people understand this is going to happen to all of us, it doesn't matter who you are. It's all about how you're going to transition and remembering that regardless of what's taking place, you are still able to add value and make sure you are building into others as you grow and develop. So let's kind of dive right in. And, you know, Vic, I have to kind of ask you, what was your reaction, you know, to the news that your business was, you know, eliminating several positions and that your position was going to be eliminated. What was your reaction when you first heard that? Yeah, so so fortunately for me, uh, in in some ways, you know, because I was a part of our leadership team, I, I certainly had a sense that you know we needed to make some changes. Um, our uh, business was part of a company that was over two hundred years old, mm-hmm. and that business was uh, to be spun off away from that you know corporate parent. This, this happens with many corporations these days. And so, you know, since I was part of the leadership team, I certainly knew that we were going to make some changes. So uh, not until the end, though, did I know that specifically my position was being eliminated. I certainly knew that was a possibility, but didn't know that, you know, definitively until I got the uh, the, the contact. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, uh, uh, I, I guess, in some ways not surprising in, in the sense that, you know, I was prepared for it by virtue of uh, the, my participation level in the organization, at the same time, you know, you, you never think it's going to happen to you, right, in some ways. So you, you can't always 100% prepare yourself for that. But fortunately, I, I did prepare myself for that. And uh, so consequently, you know, it was, uh, you know, just uh, something that was happening. That was a path I was on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and I think uh, for our listeners, you know, there's one caveat that you just shared there. You were part of the leadership and the reality that there could be a change even at your position, you still had the character to remain invested and still be fully present, 
you know, many people wouldn't be able to do that. They would be kind of bitter. So how did you how did you deal with that? Well, you know, I think the thing that, you know, for me is, uh, you know, I believe as a Christian that, you know, God has a direction for my life, and he always has, and he's always, you know, provided me with, with better opportunities, uh, you know, whatever I've done in, in life. So my faith in God was a key point for me and that, you know, I've been praying to God knowing that, you know, we had uh, some transitions that were going to occur, and I just asked for his will to be done because I can't see that far down the road. He certainly can, so... You know, actually, when I when I got the news, once uh, we disconnected from the conversation, I said, thank you, Lord, because <laughs> to me that was a prayer answered. And, you know, me not knowing, you know, what was next, and I still don't know what's next, uh, just uh, my faith in God just gives me a great confidence that, you know, he knows what's best for me. Wow. Now, Vic, that is, that's a testimony right there. <laughs> now, <laughs> when you start thinking about that, I mean, the way you were able to say, okay, First of all, just praising God because he was able to not only transition you, but transition you with a grateful heart. You know, that's that's nothing to shake a stick at because, you know, many people, like I said, I mean, if they are they're not ready to transition, they may be feeling some kind of way. Instead, you said, Lord, hey, you know what, I'm just going to just give it to you and uh, allow my faith to grow. So with that being the case, what do you think that testimony did for maybe even family that was watching you through that process or even some of your colleagues? Do you think it helped them? Oh, absolutely. Even my wife, as close as we are, uh, she was just blown away that, you know, this wasn't a traumatic event for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, to see me operate in that way as well as other relatives, uh, they were just still, I think, kind of shaking their head. It's like, you know, is he going to wake up one day and just really fall apart here or what? You know, he's been <laughs> the same company for 37 years, and all of a sudden this has changed. But, uh, you know, as I said to, to my wife and others, you know, as Christians, we always just talk about faith, and we uh, listen to sermons and, you know, read the Bible and all the other uh, things we do to, uh, to develop our relationship with God. But to me, all that's pointless unless you actually have an opportunity to exercise that faith. So to me, this is an opportunity to exercise faith that, you know, I've been, uh, you know, building towards or working towards uh, for all my, all my life. So obviously there's always challenges that you have to exercise faith with, and some are large and some are small. So this is a pretty big change for me. But, you know, to, to me, that same principle of faith and, and belief in God, either you believe him or you don't, and, and I do. Right. So I have to walk in that confidence. Excellent. Well said. Well said. And I think, uh, you know, just hearing you say that, you know, in a situation like that, hey, it's it's an opportunity. It's an right. opportunity for me to demonstrate, you know, my faith Absolutely. in God. And, you know, for many people, there's a certain level of growth that needs to occur. And sometimes that growth will come through adversity. Sometimes Absolutely. it will come through abundance. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it will come through a lack of abundance, you know, and and just to clarify, just for our listeners, you know, sometimes when you when you have a lot of things, are you going to demonstrate the type of character that would be pleasing to God, uh, the type of character that's going to allow other people to see God in you? So, I mean, that sort of thing can be interesting. It's not always operating out of a place of lack. It can also be operating out of a place of abundance. So absolutely love that uh, testimonial there. So let me ask you, for someone that may not know you, so Vic, have you ever experienced a loss of a job position in the past? Because it, it does seem like you're handling it pretty well. 
Ironically, I've never had that occur, uh, you know, throughout my my whole uh, working career, which is you know, beyond the 37 years. I've never experienced loss of uh, a job, but certainly I've been um, in, in businesses. Just about every business I've been in has gone through periods where they, you know, had to, uh, you know, modify the workforce or reduce or downsize, however you want to, you know, depict that. And so I've gone through the painful experience of that with with colleagues as well as uh, as a manager. You know, being the, the the hiring manager or the or the firing manager in this case, it had to reduce those uh, you know headcounts. So, you know, I, I've seen that side of it certainly, and and just know the reality of how that can happen. You know, to uh, to anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I've been fortunate in that up until this point, I've never experienced that. Wow! Wow! That's a. <laughs> That's a testimony all by itself. You know, That's I got right. I got people in the studio shaking their heads like, "Woo!" <laughs> yeah, because I, that's that's favor and grace, right. you know? I mean, because if if God has, you know, really spared you of that, you know, it it's a a great testimonial and then also character building, you know? It you know, it, I can see why, you know, you may react in this way then. I think that's a positive. That's definitely a positive. Now, we're going to take a break here in a couple of minutes, but I, one of the things that I wanted to just get your initial thoughts on, you know, when a company has a major workforce reduction like that, you know, is there any type of impact on those employees that remain behind? I mean, do they feel like, okay, it could happen to me next? You know, what's going to take place? I mean, what's your experience with that? Yeah, the, the strange irony of that is even this experience, I still you know have contact with uh, you know some folks that I work with, and 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 many times the uncertainty you know shifts away from the employee that's you know been excess and really moves to the current workforce. And the reason why is you know good, better, and different. You know, once you have uh, understood your job's eliminated, that's pretty definitive, right? Right. So you understand that, you know, okay, something's occurred here, has been occurred, and, and now I determine what I'm going to do next or take those next steps or you figure out your way through to, to, to that transition point. Mm. The people okay. remaining, uh, you know, first of all, the reason the business typically is, is uh, you know, reduced headcount or positions or fixed costs is because the profitability is not, you know, where it needs to be. Right. So that's not, you know, corrected instantaneously just because you laid people off. Mm-hmm. And so there's a process that has to occur in order for that business to reach a healthy level of profitability and then to be able to sustain that. And throughout all that period, there's a lot of uncertainty for the people that remain because, you know, they don't know if, you know, the first cut was enough. Many times it's not. Many times they have to you know, go back in and, and do surgery again and, and reduce some additional positions. Well, Vic, let me do this. We're going to yep. pick this back up after the break. Uh, okay. I want to let everybody know to stay tuned. We're talking about how to retool and add value after career transition. And Victor Bell is sharing some nuggets with us. Everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we're going to talk about this uncertainty and profitability. Okay. All right, everybody. Listen up. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dr. Jason Carthen, the leadership linebacker. And today we're talking about how to retool and add value after career transition. You know, we're talking to Victor Bell and he's sharing some nuggets with us. And the reality is that when you start talking about the idea 
of profitability in companies, there's a certain place that you need to be. And if you're not, then the organization is forced to make some tough decisions. And before we went to break, you know, Victor was talking to us about those that are left behind and a certain level of uh, uncertainty that's taking place. Now, Vic, let's pick it back up right there. You know, when you were sharing about uncertainty, give us a little bit more insight into that and, you know, what takes place. You know, you're giving us a good narrative there. Sure. So, you know, as I mentioned before the call, you know, typically a company downsizes or eliminates positions because they're challenged around profitability and trying to uh, improve their business results. And so, uh, you know, those changes or improvements uh, don't take place overnight. Right. And even if you've uh, taken a lot of costs out, it takes you know, quite a bit of time to be able to you know, overcome, number one, the cost for severancing those employees that left and then start to work your way back to profitability. Mm-hmm. So you know, improving profitability is not a straight line uh, process typically. It's just pretty bumpy up and down. And so the remaining employees have to live with that uncertainty as they see the business results, you know, maybe start to improve and then you'll trough again and start to improve again and hopefully through time get to be sustainable. And so, you know, they're certainly typically very aware and concerned about their futures and if their uh, positions may also be eliminated by virtue of the time it takes to to get the business back on a profitable uh, pathway. Yeah. Uh, needless to say that, you know, is, is companies uh, downsize, you know, the, the workload typically doesn't go away. There are some things you can, you know, do away with, but for the most part, most of that work is shifted on the remaining employees. So mm-hmm. it tends to be a pretty stressful environment for those remaining. On top of the uncertainty, there's a, a lot more expected from those that are left. Yeah. And see, Vic, I, you know, one of the things I'm so glad you're on today, because right now it's almost like you're pulling back the covers because what we see a lot of times on CNN or uh, Business Week or whatever we may be listening to or reading or Wall Street Journal they just say, hey, there's a need to eliminate some people. But you're giving us a little bit more of a narrative that shows that, you know, not only is the company still at risk, but they have to deal with, I mean, the one little caveat you shared, the severances that took place. You know, that that still has to be accounted for. I mean, that yeah. the workload is still there. So you're expecting people to do more with less. You know, all these different things are taking place. So. You know, it's never as clear and cut and dry. When I when I was attending uh, Harvard Business School, we would talk about just the reality that, hey, if you don't have enough capital, if you don't have enough to sustain the mission and the vision for the company, then, right. you know, it's not going to remain solvent. It, it can't keep the doors open. So it's not as simple as, hey, we're just going to eliminate people and then we're going to be fine. And i I appreciate the transparency uh, that you're sharing with us uh, as we're talking about this idea of retooling. So, yeah. so absolutely. If I could also add that, you know, even you know, once a business reaches profitability in today's environment, uh, consolidations are so common. So, you know, uh, it's, it's good to understand where your business is opposite the rest of the industry. But uh, sometimes those businesses only get profitable and healthy in order to get to the next increment of improvement and then move over to an acquisition, which means that now you're consolidating other firms and chances are you're definitely going to have some excesses as part of that process. So right. uh, today's society is just very different than than it was. I mean, the next couple of decades, I don't think we're going to see a lot of people having 30-plus years of service is, is a commonplace. Right. Uh, those changes, uh, just uh, the way things will work going forward. 
Yeah, and I would I really, based upon research, I would have to say you are absolutely correct. I think that you, <laughs> you're an anomaly at 37 years. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody listening, I had a chance to play golf with Victor. He's still in shape. He looks good. So, I mean, this whole thing of retooling, hey, man, it's game time. You got a lot more years you got to give. So, <laughs> so let me ask you this. On even more of a, I guess, uh, more serious note, after working for the same company, you know, for 30 years, you know, Vic, how does it feel to be in a position of searching for a job or, or dealing with a new employer or going it out on your own? I mean, how, how does that feel? Certainly it, it, it seems, uh, I guess, intimidating on the surface. So again, one of the things that was very fortunate for me is I was never a person that really wanted to stay with, you know, one business my whole career. So the same corporation, very large corporation, but, mm-hmm. you know, we had, various divisions throughout that corporation. And mm-hmm. so fortunately, it, I, I moved through four different businesses during my career, uh, you know, with the company. And so so what that means is that those moves aren't easy. You know, internal moves are, I think, more painful sometimes or, or more difficult to make happen than external moves. So I've been on both ends of that, you know, hiring people and as well as uh, looking for positions inside. So the process is pretty grueling in terms of the interview process, uh, you know, presenting yourself and uh, getting accepted into different business divisions, which typically has different cultures and certainly different management, and, and yet has the opportunity to have you know, all the transparency as it relates to your career performance mm-hmm. you know, by virtue of conversations with other businesses. So for me, I've done that, you know, four times throughout my career. So uh, the, the last time was probably 10 years ago or so, so I'm a little bit out of practice, but certainly I'm not unfamiliar with the experience of, you know, going out to the market or going out to the corporation in this, in this case to, uh, to to try to get to a different position. So that certainly helps uh, uh, my level of confidence. And further, I'd encourage people that, you know, work with companies and have been there a long time to to similarly uh, consider, you know, taking different roles in, in, in your company and learning all you can about that business. And, you know, number one, you're going to build your uh, portfolio of experiences and, and, and works to the company, but but also it gives you confidence that you can do, you know, different things uh, and you don't have to just stick with the same uh, business or same position. Okay. Excellent. Now, one of the things, you know, that we really want to convey on discover leader in you is steps. And you just, if we can unpack a couple of things there, you said get more experience, you know, you, you don't want to stay. I, I shared it at the top of the hour. You don't want to stay in the same place and get complacent. You know, you right. said, get more experience, uh, it develops confidence. And then also you share that, you know, you, you have a certain uh, level of confidence that you can go and talk to other companies or organizations. You know, what contributes to that? I mean, how can we convey that to our listeners that they would see the value in that? Because that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. It's about just doing it. So, you know, like anything else, you know, you can, I, I guess, sit back and, and, be intimidated by, you know, taking the next step or, or, or meeting people. In fact, our pastor was talking today about, during, during the message, about, uh, you know, going into the, the mayor's office, and she said, you know, the first thing that came to her mind is, what are you doing here? And she said, you know, what do you mean what I'm doing here? Get behind me, Satan, you know. That's <laughs> I right. I don't any place that, you know, God <laughs> takes me, and, and he has me here in a position of authority. And, and you know, you deal with people, you're not dealing with God, so... If you're going in there, you know, with God on your behalf, you know, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So it's really about taking that, you know, taking those steps and, 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 and 
having the confidence. Number one, prepare yourself, obviously, but then to take those next steps and, and, you know, have some experiences. And, hey, you know, you might make some mistakes along the way, but that's what, you know, uh, taking those steps are all about and, and, and redundancy and getting comfortable and familiar with, uh, you know, trying to get your sea legs up under you. It's okay to make a mistake. Mm, yeah, I really like that. Uh, you know, the idea that uh, when people – really get into their own heads, Vic, and they won't even take the first step. You know, right. it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's almost like, <laughs> you know, well, if I'm going to do bad, then right. yeah, you're probably going to do bad. I mean, if you're right, thinking exactly. that. But, you know, a couple of things, and we're going to take a break here in a couple of minutes, but, you know, one of the things that I really want to drill down on that you just shared, preparation is key. You know, after years, nearly two decades of going into organizations uh, and meeting with uh, C-suite executives and saying, hey, you know what, these are some things that we can partner on, we can do together. You know, you have to have preparation. (laughs) You have to know what you're talking about, know what the business is, and know how you can add value. And if I'm hearing you correctly, Vic, you know, the, the real steps are key in terms of having that preparation before you even go in and talk to anyone, right? Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's that's deep. Okay, so we're going to transition, everybody. We are talking to Victor Bell. We are talking about how to retool and add value after career transition. And this man was 37 years at DuPont. He was making influential uh, deals, different things taking place, and he's sharing some of those uh, nuggets of wisdom today. And when we come back from the break, we're going to dive in a little bit further. We're going to ask Vic to talk to us about some advice he would have for those of us that are listening. Okay? All right. Stay tuned, everybody. back, everybody. This is Dr. Jason Carth and the Leadership Linebacker. We've been talking to Victor Bell today about the realities of needing to retool but still add value after career transition. And before we went to break, you know, Vic was just sharing with us that, you know, there is a premium that should be placed upon preparation. Uh, it helps to build confidence. And many of you have heard me say this before, but you need those self-mastery moments. And what I simply mean by that is that the more victories you have, the greater your confidence level, and then also the greater likelihood you're going to have success as you go into organizations, as you talk to people, and just engage. You know, that's a good thing. Now, Vic, before we, you know, went to break, I was really intrigued about the idea of, you know, what sort of advice would you give to someone that maybe has a number of years invested in a company but is uncertain? you know, about the longevity of their employment position? Yeah, i say a couple of things. One is, uh, you know, make sure you're taking advantage of all you can, you know, where you are at the moment. So gain all the experience you can with your current employer. And I mentioned this earlier in terms of you're looking at other positions so you can broaden your skill set and uh, make yourself more valuable for, for, for the company you work for as well as a more valuable prospective uh, employee for a different company. Mm-hmm. Um so, also, you want to make sure you keep your skills current. We talked about that a bit earlier. Yes. Uh, keep your skills up to date. I mean, you know, most companies have uh, employee-sponsored training 
it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's uh, voluntary, other times it's expected. But, you know, sign yourself up for some of that training. And uh, even if it's nothing but Excel uh, or PowerPoint skill building or, you know, any other type of skill that may be uh, applicable to your, your functional expertise or outside your function so you get exposure. So definitely make sure you take advantage of all the training, you know, in-house, I'd say, and, you know, from outside as well. So there are a lot of organizations and um, other ways to get uh, refresher training or updated uh, training. So make sure you take advantage of those as well. And if you haven't thought about it, you know, consider going back to college. Uh, Many corporations have uh, plans where they'll subsidize or fully pay for uh, college. And, uh, you know, that's, to me, kind of crazy not to take advantage of that benefit. In fact, I did that in 2011, pretty late in my career, over 30 years of service with a company, um, you know, went and, and uh, completed my MBA uh, degree in business. And uh, it's pretty interesting, the, the group of people there, uh, my cohort group, uh, there are a number of people from uh, DuPont and also from, from the outside, so a nice mixture of professionals that, you know, we did this uh, night school. Uh, but many of the folks in, in the course were lawyers, uh, successful lawyers with DuPont or uh, PhD chemists and um, bankers, a pretty diverse background, but never really had that business uh, skill set, and so they went back to school for that. And, in fact, many of them have moved on to different companies. So, uh, you know, they did and I didn't. So it's interesting learning with that as well. But uh, I just say take advantage of everything you've, uh, you have opportunities for to to. to update your skill set, and give you more options. And that was my intent, getting the MBA to broaden my options. And now I get to, to take advantage of uh, seeing what those options will pay off to. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I think so. And you know what? I You know, I got to push back here a little bit and, and push, <laughs> push back in a good way because, you know, you rattled off all these things, and this is excellent. I mean, we have... <laughs> Vic, you're sharing some nuggets that people need to hear. And again, if if people want to call in, if you have questions uh, for Victor, give us a call at 1-888-281-1110 or tweet your questions to at Jason Carthen because, you know, Vic, you just put together a recipe there for success. I mean, you went back in 2011 when you didn't need to. Now, that bears repeating everybody. He went back and jumped in an fray to get his MBA, which is no small thing, you know, when he didn't need to. And he also rambled off several other things, you know, keeping the skills current, uh, signing up for training, getting exposure, going back to college and getting, you know, your, your school paid for. Those are all things that are recipes for success. Now, Vic, one thing that you shared that I kind of want you to kind of peel back the layers on you you mentioned that you know you want to also engage with others so they can see your skill sets maybe even at another employer or different functions or events does that add value when other people can see the the worth that you bring to the table absolutely so i think the experiences i've had have been pretty broad you know which is is, is great um you know some Direct selling, I'd say, uh, or, or you know, sales management and selling, you know, uh, you know, where you sell a raw material input as well as uh, some consulting work. And one of the businesses I was in, I was in the consulting end for five years, which is a totally different type of uh, type of sale. And I think, to me, it gives you a very unique perspective on how you build value versus a typical sales process. Mm-hmm. So uh, those skills, I think, are pretty unique. And um, in addition to that, I think it 
um, also the education aspect of things. And and I would think it's uh, fairly favorable to have that on your resume that, you know, uh, being uh, up in many years and experience still have the opportunity to, to go in and, and, and have the value, I'd say, to uh, you know, go educate yourself further. So yeah, I think uh, it's helped me build out a nice uh, nice resume. That's great. That is great. I'd, I'd be inclined to agree. And I think one of the things that, you know, that really is an intangible and we haven't touched on it, but, you know, some of these young lions <laughs> that are in business, you have an opportunity to go in there and say, hey, hey, think about it this way, you know, right, and, right, right. and it, it, it adds a different arrow to their quiver. They, you know, they're hungry and they just want to go and eat. But the reality is, hey, yes. you know, someone like Victor can say, you'll be able to eat, but let's like prolong this thing, you know, right. so we'll Absolutely. have even more, you know, so. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. The, yeah, the thing that uh, really was enlightening for me, I, I'd say that consulting experience was one that was very challenging in terms of trying to develop a new business model from a company that really wasn't experienced at doing that. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of uh, learning experiences there, but one of the things that really, really helped me do is to get a broad perspective on how you strategically sell. So, yes. you know, just, uh, again, a raw material input is something people are going to use, but, you know, how you blow that out to a strategic sale where you can really uh, – get yourself ingrained in an organization differentially. Mm-hmm. And so you're not just competing on price, but you're competing on total value and how you measure that value. Even soft things you do, how do you measure everything you do? So, um, you know, that's a pretty unique skill set. And to your point, I think uh, young lions always want to eat, and they tend to want to, uh, you know, drop the price as low as you need to, to to eat, and that's not always the best long-term play. That's right. So uh, trying to, uh, you know, build out your strategy and understanding who the decision makers are and, uh, you know, how to approach that and, and, and what the key leadership uh, challenges are, their individual uh, goals and objectives for the year or for the you know, couple of years are very key things to understand if you're going to strategically sell. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I, Hey, Victor, I have to live that every day right. <laughs> from absolutely. the consulting absolutely. side. You know, and, I know it. You know, I love the part you just shared there. I mean, it's, you know, you don't always want to drop prices to just right. uh, have a seat at the table, but if you can – one of the things you just shared there, if you can really figure out, you know, what sort of metrics that are going to show, you know, yep. where we're adding value, you know, pre and post, you know, that is going to let people know, hey, this is something we may want to consider, you know, long term. Yep. So that's good stuff, man. I, I'm enjoying talking to you. <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, you know, synergy in this way. But so let me ask you this then. Um, some people that are you know, contemplating, transitioning, or maybe they just feel like, hey, they're not operating in their purpose, Victor. You know, if they've worked for one company, you know, for most of their career, you know, how can they determine their monetary value to another company based upon their skill set? I mean, how can they do that? Yeah, years ago, I was given good advice by uh, actually one of my managers at the time. And it was a personal uh, thing, you know, for him. And he recommended that, that, that I do the same. And and that is, you know, every couple of years, or maybe more often, you know, these days, but at least every couple of years, you, you, you really should, you know, go out and test the marketplace and, and see what other employers have to offer, uh, you know, for your skill set and, you know, go through the process of uh, interviewing for uh, positions and, and just get a good sense of what your value is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were the same company for a lot of years, um, you, know, you can kind of box yourself into capabilities. And in right. in terms of limiting your thinking, in terms of how capable you may be, especially if you're somebody that's you know pretty aggressive in training yourself and staying current and 
getting up to date, you might be surprised, you know, how valuable you are with other companies that don't know you mm-hmm. and that uh, don't have an appreciation for what you, for what you have to, to bring to the table. So it's nothing like knowing for yourself, you know, what that value is by having those experiences and, um, you know, you know, keeping your skills current, of course, and then going out there to the marketplace and finding out, you know, what else is out there. And you may decide you want to do something different. Wow. Uh, so I think that's the best way to uh, best way to do that so you can really have a good assessment of your own value. Wow. You know what? I, I need to stick a pin in that because here's a couple of things, and we only have a couple of minutes before we take a break, but – Victor, I sort of want you to react to something I'm going to ask you here. So if someone is contemplating, you know, operating in their purpose and wanting to do something different, if they want to get into this idea of going and testing the waters, doesn't that bring in a little bit of conflict in their heart? <laughs> so how, do, how do they deal with that? So if they go somewhere and they find, well, we're willing to pay you a premium, you know, right. uh, but – you know, is this in my purpose? How do how do they deal with that, though, Victor? And we only have a couple of seconds, so give me a, a yeah. <laughs> good so one. I think there's a couple of approaches. One, you want to know what your value is, but then that also creates an opportunity to have a dialogue with your current employer. So mm. uh, if you're working with someone or for someone, and you know you've got a good perspective on what your value is outside that company, I think that makes for a very you know meaningful dialogue in terms of what you're currently doing with that employer and. You know, you're perhaps uh, looking at a different, um, you know, pay point, you know, for them. But more importantly, or equally importantly, maybe you know, other things you might have interest in doing, and and you know, getting that opportunity, you know, with the company that you currently work with. But nothing else that creates a, a conversation and dialogue. And believe me, had situations where people have done that, and uh, we didn't want to lose them. And so you figure out how to accommodate that person if you've got value for them. Oh wow. That's good stuff. Now, when we come back from break, though, Vic, <laughs> what about for those employers that say, you've been looking? What? You've been <laughs> <Right>. looking? <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we'll pick that up. We come back That's from break. Exactly. <laughs> hey, everybody. Right. You are listening to uh, Discover Leader of You. I'm Dr. Jason Carthen. We're talking to Victor Bell, and he's causing a ruckus. So when we come back from break, we'll unpack this a little bit more. Stay tuned, everybody. July 24th for this year's Celebrity Golf Classic sponsored by the Leaders of Tomorrow Initiative at Glen Eagles Golf Course in Tuesday. For more information, join us on the web at www.thelightinitiative.org or call us at 330-425-0962. We need your help. And now back to Dr. Jason Carthen and Discover the Leader in You. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We are excited because you know what? We've been talking about some good stuff today how to retool and add value after career transition. And, you know, I kind of put Vic on the spot there. We were were talking about the idea of, you know, every few years going and testing the marketplace. But what happens when you find out you are wanted, you're needed, and they're willing to pay a premium? You know, and Vic shared with us that, hey, sometimes uh, your current employer is going to be excited about maybe matching an offer or doing something to keep you. 
But I shared and I asked Vic, well, what happens when they're not happy that you've right. been tested of water? So give us some wisdom there, Vic. What do we need to do? Now, you, you raise a, a very great, great point and, and one that uh, should be commented on. So, uh, you know, first of all, you need to understand the value in your, your current organization. So if you're a person that's, uh, you know, been you know highly rated and, and well thought of and, uh, you know, evidence that the company has value for you, Certainly, you're in a much different position than if you're someone that's uh, you know kind of a middle row performer, where you may not want to have that conversation. They may tell you, "Good, go take the job." So, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, you know where you are, right? And, that's and right. Part of that is is you know really taking responsibility and ownership for your career and for for what you want to do. So, I think in the past, you know, corporations uh, and maybe smaller businesses to some degree were a lot more nurturing in terms of uh, helping people and, and really guiding their, their careers. You mm-hmm. know, HR organizations and, and management would tend to do a fairly decent job of, of uh, you know, staging different experiences so you could develop somebody's career out. Uh, those things are far and few between now, so it's pretty important and incumbent upon the employee to take responsibility and ownership for, you know, where you want to be when you, and when you want to get there. Mm-hmm. So I'd suggest that, you know, Everybody, you map out, you know, hopefully you've got some aspirations to, 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 to progress your way through other places. If not, maybe just broaden your experiences. But at least map that out for yourself and understand, you know, where you want to go and have some sense of how you want to get there. And if, if you know, going to an outside employer might enable experience or might enable you to, to be able to influence your current employer to, to get you to a different place, uh, you may want to leverage that. But... The one key caveat I think uh, worth pointing out is, is uh, Dr. Carthens indicated, is you, you be cautious how you use that. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you're working from a position of strength and from a position where there's value for you and, you know, you've got uh, options either in a new employer or with your current employer. Excellent. That is excellent advice, you know. And I think, you know, just be smart about it. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, if, if you just had your annual review, like Vic right. said, and you messed around and got twos out of fives, then don't, right. be, don't be threatening anybody you're going to no. leave. <laughs> no, don't go there. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. So, Vic, I know this sounds crazy, man, but we're almost out of time here. But one of the things that, you know, I, I want to ask you sort of just um, from a, a sage standpoint, a wisdom standpoint, 37 years is Nothing to sneeze at. And I, I want to ask you just a couple of questions here before we transition. What what reflections, you know, have you heard from other colleagues that have had their jobs eliminated and and they needed to find employment? I mean, what what wisdom is there? What what reflections and how can our listeners glean from it today? More often than not, I've, I've had uh, you know people say to me that, you know, having their position eliminated was the best thing that could have happened to them. And I think the where that comes from is it forces a reassessment and, and reevaluation of you know what they want to do, what they can do, and what the other possibilities are. So it's pretty easy to get the blinders on when you're you're comfortable and yep. work with the same organization for many years, and you're just kind of you know plowing ahead and not really you know looking you know to the right or left in terms of what the other options and opportunities are. So you know once you're in that situation. Um, particularly if you need to work, it forces your hand. It forces mm-hmm. your hand to think about you know, what your options are. And so the experience has been, in general, that people tend to find there's a pretty darn good options out there. Right. And, you know, there is life beyond the current company they're working for. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's been definitely, you know, much more positive than I would have expected, you know, with, you know, both, you know, former colleagues as well as people who actually work for me right. uh, that have been displaced. So right. I think there's a lot of solace in that and, in, in, uh, you know, looking at the broader world out there. That's great. That is good. So, you know, so after they've transitioned, though, Vic, and, and they're feeling good, I mean, they, they feel welcomed um, and they're in a new place you know, how can they continue to be successful? You know, how, how do they not uh, maybe look behind them and say, okay, well, I'm here now. Is a writing on the wall eventually? Will I not be able to remain here? You know, how can they just go there and be successful after they've retooled? So, so I think the, the key thing is for anyone that's a new employee, I'll say in, in, in this instance, going to a different company. So, number one, uh, you know, getting there and, and engage right away to understand, you know, what the expectations are for your current position. You want to make sure you do those well. But then get a great understanding of, you know, what the corporation is all about, you know, where they're trying to go, uh, you know, how you can enable that growth. You know, get engaged in uh, extra activities around, you know, teams uh, doing, doing uh, you know, special projects or even United Way. You know, just, just get your... Your, your tethers into that company just to really understand and then show them that you're in there to, to be part of the, the process going forward. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that that's, you know, one of the things we used to say is that after 30 days, you know, you can't say you're new anymore. That's right. And, and the whole premise <laughs> around that is, you know, you need to get up to speed very quickly, you know, understand what this company's all about and understand how you can add value to the, you know, to the corporation. And, uh, you know, that's the most sustainable way of, uh, uh, number one, having success and sustaining and growing it in a company, from my viewpoint, you know, just get engaged, you know, just jump in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like that. One of the things, you know, when you talk about uh, many of the little caveats you shared, adding value, can you take just maybe a minute to just share the importance of that? And and what I mean by that, I'm going to set this up like the way you were golfing the other day, man, I'm teeing this up for you. <laughs> right, there we go. All right, and I need to tee up. <laughs> we had a lot of fun, though, man. We, we, did, we, we did. killed some grass and nothing else. That's right. <laughs> Probably a lot of other things. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the reality. When you talk about adding value, Vic, just take a minute here and really let people know the importance of when you come on board, you've been on board, you've done all the paperwork, you're a month in, how important is it to let your employer know that you're bringing something to the table? Is that important or, or what? Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you an example of an uh, administrative person that uh, we hired you know, recently. And, you know, my bad admins worked for me for years and years. And, you know, some are better than others. But this person came in with a totally different, different headset. Mm-hmm. And she would um, continually, continuously ask me what else she could do for me, and can I do expense reports? Could I do this? Could I do that? And she'd just go in and take initiative to do things that you know normally I would do myself. Mm-hmm. And she, she would just grab the ball and, and do it. It's like, gosh, this person has an endless appetite for opportunities to do something. She really wanted to learn new things and was very willing to share that with other people. Uh, the other example is a, a, a younger employee that. Had, had some experience, you know, three, four years with the company, but you know, recently graduated from college. And uh, you're working with this person as a, a young account manager versus some of the more experienced ones, totally different attitude. I mean, you know, he, he was always well prepared, and he always followed up on things. And the things I would normally do for other account managers as part of the follow-up, 
this guy would do it himself and, 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 and make sure he, you know, kept me in a loop in terms of what he was doing, that kind of thing, but very, very proactive. So, I mean, to me, it's pretty no-brainer. Those people are exceptional. So the other thing he would do is he's a salesperson, but you know, he took on an initiative to really understand the technical aspects of the, the product line. So he was in a position to challenge what the next generation of products should be. And that really wasn't in his job title, but that was something he, he uh, you know, took an interest in. And he took it and ran with it. Contact with customers. Wow. was able to represent what the, the, the next uh, generation of products would, would uh, be valuable for us to pursue. Wow. Vic, so, I tell you what, man, that is, you talk about value, that yeah. is great stuff that you added. And Vic, we're out of time, man. <laughs> we <laughs> right. may have to have you come back on the show, but I just want to say thank you. You you really shared some nuggets of wisdom with us today. And to, to all of our listeners, I just want to say thank you for tuning in and Victor, you know, hopefully you'll be able to come back, man. We'd love to have you back, okay? All right, everybody. So, hey, you've been listening to Dr. Jason Carthen. Make sure you stay connected with us, and we'll be back. You've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com. Be sure to join us every Sunday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to discover the leader in you. If you would like to be a sponsor for Discover the Leader in You, call Scott Souza at 1-440-552-2995. That's 1-440-552-2995.